So fertility awareness is actually, for me, is letting, all, letting go of the fear of getting pregnant mm. and kind of re or unschooling ourselves from all of the things that we have been taught in the past about our fertility, like we can get pregnant every single day, like all those things. And learn to learn our body science, not from a fear side of things, mm -hmm. from like, I'm curious, I want to understand what's happening in my body. And if my body gives us signs for so many things, then probably it also gives us signs about that. So fertility awareness is choosing the curiosity over the fear yeah. for our fertility. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cyclical Living Podcast a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full, cyclical, soulful life. I am your host, Dara Duth, and I am here to help you be your most embodied self. I am a holistic health coach, body worker, herbalist, and priestess of the Avalon Rose lineage. I am here to assist women and men to come back to their natural pace, following the rhythms of their body and nature around them so that they can open up to their deepest layers rooted in pleasure and soul purpose. Enjoy this episode, my love. Rona Mirimi is a fertility awareness educator. After many years on the pill and using the copper IUD, she found out that our body gives us fertility signs when we are fertile and when we are not. At the age of 38, she decided to learn more about it and found an amazing inner realm, the female body. After practicing on herself for a couple of years, she decided to learn how to teach it to everyone who is interested in gaining this knowledge. She graduated from a two-year program in the States in 2018, and since then, she's decided to learn more methods in order to have more tools so that she can be in service and meet everyone where they are in their own unique journey. So welcome everyone to a new episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast, and today's guest is Rona. So thank you. Uh, welcome, Rona, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure. I love connecting in this way. I think that's one of the great joys of life to me is to connect with others with like-minded passions and sharing that. Oh, can't get enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe can you uh, introduce yourself quickly to the people listening or watching? Um, we had that brief introduction, but it's always nice to hear it in more regular words that we speak. Cool. Thank you. So thank you for having me. I'm always like at the beginning, a little bit nervous. So yeah. So my name is Rona and I'm a fertility awareness educator and a reproductive health coach. Um, my story starts, well, if you'd ask me about um, a year ago where my story starts, I'd say when I was 16, I was on the pill. Like, I think that's the story of most of the um, females. Um, I can't even say that I was. I felt any side effects. I was a miserable 12, 16 years old. Um, fast forward, I wanted to have a baby. I stopped the, the pill and I've, I had a miscarriage. Mm. If I knew everything I know today about um, the synthetic hormones and all of that, I'll try, I would have tried actively not to get pregnant by that time when I got, got and try to balance my hormones first, maybe do some blood tests, you know. Um, eventually I got pregnant again. I had a, um, I had a healthy baby via a very emergency C-section at 33 weeks. And mm -hmm. uh, I had three more miscarriages just to find out that I have a blood condition that causes my blood to clot, especially when I'm pregnant. Um, and then from the minute I know that I'm pregnant, if I want to have more babies, I'll have to inject myself uh, blood thinners. I got pregnant with my second one. I had uh, another emergency C-section at 32 weeks this time. 
I breastfed the first one for one year, the second one for three years. Um, by the time that I finished giving birth and all of that, so the gynae said, okay, you can't have hormones anymore. You are, it's really not good for you. But all those years that I've been on the pill for almost 16 years, nobody checked my blood condition, my liver functions, any, nothing, like really nothing. And it could have been really, really risky for me, like really. Um, we tried the copper IOD and then my hair started to fall out like crazy. And that's not part of the side effects. Nobody like, it's very weird. And But I went to a naturopath and we looked at my blood. Everything was fine. But she said, but there is some kind of infl inflammation in your body. Mm. But I don't, I can't see where you're eating healthy. Like I'm working out you know i'm maintaining a healthy living and yet and then she said what is the form of your birth control mm. and i said the corporate and she said aha again i knew nothing by that time if i knew i would never go on that so i said to my husband okay we have a problem here i don't know what else can i do because the guide once you go to the guide they don't inform you about all your options it's it always starts with a pill they would recommend a hysterectomy to mm -hmm. a woman before they would tell you about fertility awareness yeah which is crazy to me yeah. um so i went uh, i started googling and this is how i found fertility awareness I bought the book. Everybody read the book, I think, at one stage or another, Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. And, but I still was breastfeeding, so my cycles weren't very by the book. Mm. Um, I said, okay, and you know, when you're reading something and you feel in your body that's the truth, that's like something really like, that's the truth, that's the there's like a tingling there's mm. something going on and i really wanted it to work for me so i went i looked up for an instructor or educator and i studied with her and the first time i was able to, con to confirm ovulation by myself i was 39 years old i got my period when i was 12 all those years i knew nothing about that the, the fact that i can actually do it myself Mm. I don't need all that. It was like a wow moment. It was amazing. And after a few, a couple of years, I said, okay, I need to learn it and to bring it to as many women as possible. Yeah. Whatever they choose to do with this information, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You want to be on the pill, be on the pill. You want to be on the corporate, do whatever you want, but have this basic information. So I went and studied uh, in the States for two years. Um, it was via Zoom as well. Mm. And I, start, I started teaching from the second year. Mm. And then I did, fast forward, I did two more trainings. So I have, I'm qualified in three different types of fertility awareness methods. But about 10 months ago, my mom died. Oh, and I, thank you. And... I went to my uh, homeland and I spent some time with my family and I've learned that my mother, my grandmother from my mom's lineage, she had, she have had 36 miscarriages. Wow. And my mom have had, had um, 10 miscarriages or over 10 and I had four miscarriages. Mm. And I definitely think that this is my path. I, this is something like I need to be doing in order to bring this information, this knowledge. It's part of my, my ancestors. Ancestors mm. are telling me that's what you need to do. Um, yeah. So that's my, me and my story. Wow. Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing so vulnerably and so open. Um, I think your story is one that many women listening will recognize, at least parts of it. 
Um, yeah, wow. I'm I'm still a little bit shocked to hear with with <laughs> with the 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 deep pain that is linked in also in your mother lineage and um, how brave you are for really transmuting that and using that as as fuel to help heal other women and bring awareness to other women and yeah that's that's so strong um so thank you yeah thank you um i wanted to ask maybe quickly can you share a little bit about what fertility awareness is because i know it um i also teach a little bit about it but i still think for those listening who don't really know it um because mm -hmm. it's still quite new if you go into the mainstream it's it's not not known well, um, new and very old yeah. exactly yeah yeah of course it's ancient wisdom resurfacing but can mm. you speak to that a little bit and explain yeah 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 so i divide my answer into two parts because it is it has to be there are two things when we're talking about fertility awareness there is the fertility awareness itself and then there is the method mm. i'll talk about the fertility awareness the fertility awareness is understanding that our body gives us signs like it gives us always signs for everything it gives us sign when signs when we are tired and when we need to go to the toilet when we are when we are hungry, like, and over the time and from a very, very young age, we have been, we know how to identify those signs mm -hmm. because we are taught those signs. Like every mom would say to her child, oh, I see that you're tired because you're rubbing your eyes or you're rubbing your ears or whatever. But I haven't seen a woman or mom saying to a daughter, wow, I see that you're going to get your first period because I start to see that there are some marks, white marks on your underwear. Mm. Or if you see those stretchy cervical fluid this coming out of your vagina, that's probably saying that you are fertile and that's good health. That's great for you. Yeah. So fertility awareness is actually, for me, is letting, all, letting go of the fear of getting pregnant mm. and kind of re or unschooling ourselves from all of the things that we have been taught in the past about our fertility, like we can get pregnant every single day, like all those things and learn to learn our body science, not from a fear side of things, mm -hmm. from like, I'm curious. I want to understand what's happening in my body. And if my body gives us signs for so many things, then probably it also gives us signs about that. So fertility awareness is choosing the curiosity over the fear yeah. for our fertility. Is also to understand that we are human beings and there is nothing that is 100%. And probably if a soul would want to come, they'll mm. find a way <laughs> <laughs> and to to understand what's our, what what our body is telling us and mm. that's and to honor the changes of our cycle because we are, we have four different phases in our cycle and each phase looks a little bit different mm. and has and we have a different need for food and to be nourished and to work out and to work and mm -hmm. for so many things and to understand to respect those needs to give to give our body and soul what it needs in order to be the i'll say I, i've read it somewhere but i and i loved it the best version of ourselves mm um in a way so that would be fertility awareness so our body gives us three signs three body signs of our fertility cervical fluid which tells us in real time that we are fertile mm -hmm. that's the body temperature that our temperature shifts or spikes and remains high after ovulation for the rest of the cycle and the cervix position that gives us an extra information about whether we are fertile or not fertile. And all those changes we can see, we can touch, we can feel. So it's there, it's available for us. It's, we, can, we have access to that. Mm -hmm. We just need to know them and to know how to track them and what they, what they are telling us. And then we can not control, but we can live with our fertility 
in harmony yeah. rather than just shut down the whole thing because mm. it's like quite weird if you don't want to see something you don't close your eyes you just learn you know it's like basically that's what it is mm. and the method there are many methods out there many many methods um, some of them are the symptothermal double check or symptothermal methods are checking our three signs there are body only cervical mucus um, methods but the method itself is the the set of rules that you get in order to avoid or achieve pregnancy mm. but for me achieving or avoiding pregnancy is like the cherry on top of the ice cream or something mm. like that because it gives you so many informa- so much information about your health about your where you are at like so much information your, our cycle gives us so much information on a daily basis that it's so pity that we are not we don't know about it you know mm-hmm. and we are fed by fear and we are fed by um and i don't blame anybody it's like you know it's not about blaming here like that's the sad reality that mm-hmm. even in a you know in a, a place that like doctors have 10 minutes between yeah. patients mm-hmm. how can they open those exactly. conversations mm-hmm. you know yeah. Yeah, same with gynecology. Do you have 15 minutes per? And then you need to do so much yeah. <laughs> in those 15 minutes. And they're they're probably overworked, overstressed yeah. and all that. So true. Yeah. And then also not taught those things. Only no, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Only yesterday I spoke about the fact that um, somebody posted and, and said that uh, sperm lives in our vagina for three to five days and whatnot. And I'm like, well, that's not really true because our vagina is acidic most of the time and the pH is this and that. And only there is like a, a, a fertile wave, a window mm-hmm. that we are actually fertile and then it can last up to seven days as long as there is cervical fluid. And she's like, I'm a student, I'm a medical student and I've never taught that. How, why, how do you know that? Where do you get this information? Like they are not taught those things because it's not part of like, you know, they are, they are excellent in dealing in acute situations. Mm-hmm. If I have a car accident, I'll go to a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. but those kind of things, I, they are not, it's not part of what they're studying, sadly. Yeah, yeah, sadly. And I, I don't, I, I see it a little bit um, growing, but more in like cultures that um, with the fertility awareness cultures and all that. But in the tr- in the curriculum of the universities, I don't think there's much shifting yet. Mm-hmm. At least not. It's, it's also more so, more so in based in studying the disease and how to treat the symptoms mm-hmm. of that disease yeah. instead of going to the um, the the undergrounds. And maybe um, that brings me to a question for you: How? Why would you say that the pill is so bad? Of course, I. Oh, quote unquote bad of course everyone is free to do what they want and mm-hmm. and I think it's important to educate people on the pill so I have my own personal view on that as well um, and so for example when friends of mine speak that they have a lot of anxiety and that they feel tired all the time but they can't really sleep well then I my first question to them is are you on the pill because mm-hmm. I've studied that a bit and these are kind of like side effects of the pill and there are many but maybe many yeah, so maybe I'd like to hear some of you um, because, yeah, I think it's so interesting to have that out and open and speak about this so that people can inform themselves. If we're not getting it from the doctors, um, yeah. let's get it ourselves. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, there's there are many. I just want to say that I do acknowledge that sometimes the pill is the right decision for some people for example if somebody has endometriosis and they really suffer badly from pain and that's the only thing that helps the symptoms let's be it i'm like i, I would be I, i'd be the last person on earth who te- would tell them no like take the pill have a relief from this pain mm-hmm. um so it's really in, important to acknowledge that on the other hand 
if you go to your gynae and you tell them, I, need, I have acne, I have a PMS, I have irregular cycles, my um, bleeding is too heavy, all of those things, okay, be on the pill, that would fix your period, that would fix your cycle. Mm-hmm. And this is my problem, that we are taught to think that the pill is like the magic medicine, mm-hmm. medication. In fact, it's not a medication because it doesn't treat anything. Um, in my dream, I'm going to the gynae and I say, I have acne, hormonal acne. And you say, okay, let's see, what are you eating? How are you sleeping? You know, those kind of things. Just look at me, who I am, and not just treat it, the symptom. Mm-hmm. Because even if, the, if, even if the acne will go away, the minute I stop the pill, since I haven't done anything to change or treat, then it will come back. Mm-hmm. If I had irregular cycles, it doesn't give me a cycle. When I'm on the pill, I am not cycling. Mm-hmm. It's a fake cycle. And the reason it is 28 days, it comes from the old myth that cycles should be 28 days. And in order to convince the um, church that it's fixing cycles and treating cycles, then they made it 28 days to be like the same as a menstrual cycle as they yeah. thought it should be. Yeah, but that it maybe... could have been. Sorry. Oh yeah, like adding in that the pill was invented in the 1950s, where um, contraceptives were still illegal. Uh, yeah. Of the church. Yeah. So yeah, adding yeah. that to your story, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. So that's why yeah. they they made it into a 28 cycle. And then induce exactly. some false bleeds, who are actually not period bleeds at all. Mm-hmm. And that is still, still people think they have their period, but they, mm-hmm. they're not. It's just no. It's called withdrawal bleeding. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because the last last pills, seven or four, depends on the the brand you are on. The last ones are sugary or placebo, and they are not. So the hormones, the synthetic hormones, are kind of withdrawing, mm. stopping, and then you're getting your uh, period, your bleeding. However, it could have been 50 days, 100 days, 20 days. It's it's very random. The 28 mm. days. The so that would be one of the things. It doesn't treat anything. It lots of side effects the -hmm. fact that it goes through your digestive system it also not ruin but it doesn't help your microbiome 70% of our immune system is in our microbiome Mm. it depletes us from really important nutrition like um, selenium and, and others so that vitamin b's and others so that would be another thing so if you are on the pill maybe do every few months a blood check blood test just to check how how you're doing or make sure that your um microbiome is well it is good it's like fermented food and things like that Uh, another big issue that i have is the way it was done and because it wasn't done it was done to control population in the um, un- unliterated, as Margaret Sanger and Gamble thought, population. Hence, and they did all the um, uh, studies and all the research on Puerto Ricans yeah. women mm-hmm. and black communities. Mm-hmm. And then only after they checked everything there and they didn't inform inform them they didn't get a full consent they just like if you want to have health insurance you should take this this is better than sterilization just take that and uh, so it was based on racism and mm. not it, it it was like brought to us and sold to us as the feminist way and liberation and blah 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 but it can't be if it's based on racism mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be a feminist thing if it's done on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends because some women, some people would say that doesn't matter. You know, I don't care as long as I can like have unprote- have sex whenever I want and that's fine. Um, 
And another issue, we always talk about um, the efficiency or efficiency rates of the pill, but it's not that, that high. It's like 99.7 in perfect use. But when we are taking under consideration um, human errors, mm. it would be somewhere between 91 to 93% only. Mm. So it's not that high as yeah we yeah. Are. Now it has has the idea that it's a hundred percent. It's foolproof. It's you know you can you can no. never become pregnant if you take the mm. pill. Yeah, mm. but then there is nothing hundred percent like no. One hundred percent don't do sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll reframe. I'll reframe. I'll I'll rephrase that. Don't do sex. Don't. It's not don't do sex. Don't have sperm in your vagina. Yes, yeah. I was th- I was thinking also, well, you can still do other stuff. No, yeah. no, I get that. Um, what I find where where I personally don't like the pill so much, or what I find, I I I really think love the hormonal balance that the feminine menstrual cycle naturally has, and when yeah. you take the pill. Well, we have four hormones in our cycle. When you take the pill, three of them go away. And then progesterone, which is a very important hormone that regulates our sleep or so much. And that kind of after ovulation takes over where estrogen before ovulation really is the um, quote unquote main hormone. And then in the pill, the progesterone gets exchanged for progestin, but progestin actually is not at all the same as progesterone, only the name actually, because if you look at how the hormone looks, it's closer to testosterone, the male hormone, than it is to the progesterone. And um, I think it's really interesting, and you can look that on Google, and to me, that brought so much to life, is when you look at the charts of the hormones, the natural chart, and then the chart with birth control, anticonceptives, mm. you can just see it as a flat line. Yeah, it's just yeah. flat. And it makes so much sense that when people who take the pill, a lot of side effects is that they feel more dull, they lose their interest in um, their passions, or even uh, their libido goes down and all that. Which that is funny. Sense. It, yeah, it, and it just it makes so much sense if you look at it because you're really replacing that beautiful, curvy, flowy mm. dance of hormones and mm. you're replacing it with this flat line. Yeah. And this shows also a little bit on where in, in well, you and I and this whole podcast called Cyclical Living, why? Because it's that cycles, it's that movement, it's that flow that is in nature, inherent in our bodies, in the seasons, in all of it, in the universe, in the stars, right? All of it is like the cyclic move. The seasons, everything. The everything, movement, yeah. Everything is cyclic. And then that patriarchal society really likes to make everything flat like a flat line to the top and and you can see that in so much coming back and then I to me I feel that's a big when I think about it especially when it comes to hormonal contraceptives I can feel a lot of rage of the injustice that is being done to women because it's literally colonizing our bodies to me that's it and of course everyone is free to make the choice that they want to make but to me, telling girls of 14 who had their first period and it's not regular yet because it's only just starting, saying that they need to be on the pill, to me, that's not okay. That's mm-hmm. taking away also free will because a girl of 14 sitting there in front of a doctor who has done all the studies, it's not really like an equal exchange mm-hmm. there. There's a power uh, control going on. Uh, even if it's not a 14-year-old, I think that in yeah. in a way, whenever you're going to a, a doctor, whatever the doctor, there is some, you, you give some of your power mm-hmm. um, because you think, I'm going to the doctor because I'm not feeling well. He knows better than me about my disease, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's always there's that exchange, like always there's like when we're going to the doctor, it has become like the doctors are almost gods. <laughs> like they, because they've studied so many years about the human body, but they haven't studied how it is to be in my human body. Mm, yes, everybody is unique. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we do have our unique experiences. And um, when my mom passed away, my, um, my, um, um, mm? A cousin, he's a doctor. And he said to me, I don't understand because I had patients 
that was worse than your mom and she keeps living mm. but i we, we knew that the will the will or the the false life of my mom wasn't that strong any longer mm. so she was unique although she had all those symptoms that somebody would continue for 20 years yeah. but for her that was it mm-hmm. so no one can actually really you know tell me how it is to be in my body mm-hmm. mm. and we have been so long apart or we have gone so much apart from just listening to yeah. our bodies yeah mm-hmm. um, I can tell you that with my both pregnancies I literally saved my life and my kids my baby's life mm. just by listening to my body and If, if we have a moment I can tell you what an amazing story with my second one can I yeah sure like well I was like 29 weeks pregnant mm-hmm. now we just moved countries cities whatnot I have two I had my oldest was almost three years old and it was the middle of the night when now when you're pregnant you we so much you go to we all the time so mm. you don't bother to switch on the lights when you go to we because like you're still in your sleep yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> and yeah and I didn't even like flash the toilet so I went I paid I flat I didn't flash I went back to my bed mm. and then I'm like hmm Something is not right. It didn't feel right when I was wiping. There was something mm. wrong. And I, again, I, could, I didn't see anything, just by the sensation of the wiping itself. I mm. went back to the toilet, switched on the, the light, and I saw all blood there. Oh, wow. I was bleeding. Mm. I walked up my family, and we rushed to the hospital, and then I stayed for the next two weeks. I was in hospital. in bed if mm. I wanted to go out and have some like fresh air they would bring me a wheelchair mm. but yeah this and then I had another major bleeding and then I went back went straight to a c-section but yeah otherwise if if I wouldn't be so like something's wrong mm-hmm. just wipe, yeah 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 who knows mm-hmm. and also listening to that intuition who's like mm-hmm something's not wrong because mm. this is also a part where we're being trained to question that intuitive voice and to m- make yeah. it a little bit ridiculous not listen yeah. to it um but listening to that and I feel the fertility awareness method really taps in that beautifully because there it's all about listening to the body and feeling um because I've been tracking my menstrual cycle for since 2016 and now just by because I've tracked very closely my mood my emotions my dreams the body everything that it does um I can tell by my mood alone ah I'll be where like, you are yeah or yeah. I'm, I'm in that okay I'm in that zone in between or oh mm-hmm. I can feel like the energy after ovulation all oh, the energy is really mm-hmm. going down 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 and I can almost feel like the the the, the position of Every the womb. yeah oh, okay. but, but it makes so much sense because if the the womb also it it shifts it's not this stuck organ it moves mm-hmm. in the pelvic bowl and it moves yeah. with the cycle and if you the more you I feel we train ourselves to sometimes close our eyes and feel inward the more aware that we are of these subtle shifts and changes and it's very empowering and it it really in, increases the quality of life um, my quality of life has increased a lot by tracking my menstrual cycle and using that as a sort of compass for my life mm-hmm. and it's not where it's like these chains of okay I'm bleeding you're not allowed to go out yeah uh, yeah you want but the thing is I don't desire it as much mm-hmm. and I just listen to that instead of forcing myself to always be there a hundred percent hello dear listener I'll briefly jump in here. Are you loving these feminine wisdom codes and do you want more? Then I invite you to sit in circle with me and other women. 
every dark moon we gather online in a circle where I will be teaching the ancient feminine mysteries and together we'll be breeding new life into them. Topics of these circles are womb work, inner divine marriage, blood and moon mysteries, wise woman herbal lore and much much more. And every full moon you'll also receive a lush self-care practice that you can perform for yourself. Does this sound delicious and like home to you? Then I'd love for you to join. You can join the full series of 12 circles or one moon cycle separately. Find out more in the thread in the captions. And dear wise woman, I call you home because together we are weaving the womb web back to its former power. Now back to the episode. That's mm. beautiful. I also feel that that since I started at the beginning, I was looking for a form of birth control, mm-hmm. but it has shifted and it has been become something so much deeper than just a form of birth control. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I feel. I almost feel that it's like really just a. Um, another part of it but the major is about how to understand my my relationships mm-hmm. has become better because i understand myself better and if i know if i understand myself better it helps me to communicate myself to others better mm-hmm. to my husband to my kids many like now i know that i'm deep into my luteal phase i'm about to get my bleeding in four days I know where I am at, so I can tell them, listen, I'm a little bit more sensitive at this time. Please be more like, take care, like, just leave me alone if you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if it's really difficult for you, so be very gentle with me. I can see that I'm, if something is not how I like it, I'm, I can be a little bit more like, oh, frustrated mm-hmm. or get frustrated much easier. Whereas... I remember in this cycle when I was ovulating and I just before ovulation in my follicular phase, I was like, I was on fire. Mm. <laughs> I could, I, one day I said, whoa, I made, I did so many things in such a short, yeah. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> I had so much energy and I, and I see myself now. I'm like, okay, I'm taking it much, much, much easier, mm. much, much slower, yeah. listening to, okay, I don't feel like doing that. I, I'll do whatever I need, like in my commitments, mm-hmm. but things that I can, mm, I won't do that today. I don't feel like, so I allow myself. And you know, what is the beauty about that? I don't judge myself anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I used to judge myself, like you need to do, do, do. I am not into doing that today, so <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yes, yeah, 100%. I was reflecting on that also uh, this morning before we hopped on on uh, the conversation. I was reflecting how um, in many more spiritual uh, trainings, meditations and all that, the, the practice of loving yourself is very present. To me, that self-love was always pretty hard to get when it was just from that side of space, the more spiritual space. But as soon as I tapped into my cycle, that self-love just was a by process. It just came. It was, a, it was like a side effect. Like Because like you say, you start to understand the nature of how your body moves, how your emotions flow up and down. And when we have that understanding, there is so much more room for us to, okay, I'm just going to give myself space for it. Or, um, yeah, I I, I track my uh, cycle very closely with the moon because I I always bleed one day before uh, dark moon. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's spot on. Um, And so if I I have an ahenla with the moon phases in there, Mm -hmm. and this is such a blessing because I could... I literally track my life or I, I make my, my, my life in accordance to that, in accordance to mm-hmm. the moon, in accordance to my cycle. Mm-hmm. And I know like, okay, um, if there's, let's say a photo shoot planned, don't do it at the new moon when I'm bleeding. Cause I will yeah. be 
I will be sleepy. I will have like these dark circles <laughs> under my face. Not the best time for a photo shoot. Um, and and not just like photo shoots, but anything, big parties and stuff. And I really take that into account. And it just it feels so more peaceful. And the yeah. productivity becomes bigger. Yeah. It really does. And the quality of what you produce is yeah. so much higher because it comes from this nourished place. It's mm. like when you give your body all the food, all the nourishment it needs, it will be more active. That's and I cool. feel it's the same when you live with your cycle and you follow that natural rhythm, you can see it. The results are there. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. I, this, this cycle actually was... One of, I haven't, I don't remember, like if I'm looking back, I can't see even when was that, but this cycle I ovulated with the full moon. Mm -hmm. um, and it was amazing to see that because I, it was amazing. I, I, a, I saw that and I felt in that, like I felt that, The, the ovulation the whole day and I felt so connected mm. it was so beautiful and I'm in my perimenopausal years so it's, mm. it's quite difficult to for me to really schedule things according to my cycles I yeah. had a cycle of 93 days mm. yeah and so it's like and now I had I am having this cycle is going to be 31 days. Mm -hmm. But again, it was so beautiful to see that I still am aligned and I'm still, yeah. And I know that once I move into my menopause, I will use the, the I will use the moon as my guidance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the other way. Once you don't have cycles any longer, mm -hmm. this is another way for us still to follow our natural cycles because yeah. our cycles do have, like, it's one of the things that I always post in my stories, how we are connected to the moon and thinking that it's bullshit, like so many people do think, mm -hmm. it's not, it cannot be true because, if yeah. It, yeah, it just doesn't make sense that the moon has nothing to do with it. Yeah. If you look at the science, even from the science uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, because actually there has been research done and um, all people have effect of the moon. So people with and without wounds, they've done research and um, they've actually done the research in terms of uh, looking for Uh, killings, murders, and, and all those violence. Um, mm, and they've noticed yeah. that during full moon, the violence is a lot higher, higher. during dark moon because all the energies are up and, and, mm. and we're buzzing and all that. Um, but of course, again, here, uh, also everybody is unique. Every individual is unique. And then there's yeah. also these other ways. And so what I think is really interesting is the... Uh, red moon cycle and the white moon cycle is that the when when you bleed with dark moon and ovulate with full moon um then that would be a red moon cycle when you bleed with full moon yeah, the way around. yeah it's a white moon cycle and that's mm -hmm. also interesting even if you go into menopause is that you can still choose or I, i don't think it's a conscious choice i think it's more like an intuitive natural, oh, feel, yeah. but it can still shift it's not like if after you're in menopause you always will be at the dark moon or that cycle mm -hmm. it still shifts a bit um But that's really beautiful to track. And I wanted to ask, um, because you mentioned before um, that there's a myth of a cycle being 28 days. And I noticed that myself like, oh, that's a myth. What? Why do you say that's a myth? Because for me, I follow that. Um, and I also teach that when I say the cycle is 28 days, of course, it shifts between people. And it's not because you have a cycle that's longer or shorter that you're bad. No, you're not. But the 28-day cycle really comes from that link with the moon. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you look at the traditional Chinese medicine, which has a lot more ancient um, knowledge over the womb and of gynecologists and the ancient, uh, the traditional Chinese medicine is a lot more um deeper and more holistic and more softer towards the feminine as well and they also say that a healthy cycle is 28 days 
So I wonder how, why do you say it's a, it's a myth and can you speak to mm -hmm. that? It was yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe the ideal was 28 days, maybe in the past when we were more connected to the moon and um, when we didn't have screens and electricity mm -hmm. and all those things that disturb our hormonal pattern mm -hmm. but i've seen healthy cycles to be also 32 35 days um menstrual cycle it, a healthy menstrual cycle can be anywhere between 23 to 35 days and mm -hmm. um, today about 13 percent only will have a 28 day cycle oh wow yeah yeah mm. um so i think so many things come into that like when our nutrition is not optimal any longer we have those screens that as i mentioned that disturb our mel melatonin production because back then in the days the the, the moon was our main light so mm. it, it does make sense that when there was a full moon it also uh, influenced our body and the melatonin production because we had more light for a longer period of time whereas at dark moon we didn't have and there is also um a therapy or there is a woman in nine There was a woman in 1970, her name was Louise, I can't remember her last name. And she was on the pill for many, many years. And then she came uh, off the pill and her cycles were obviously not regular again. Mm -hmm. And she, what she did, she did lunar therapy. Okay. She slept under the moon uh, for when it was full moon and then in dark when it wasn't full moon and she got back her period. Uh, her cycles mm -hmm. and they and she did that for a long time and they became regular again so it's called lunar therapy or something yeah, like that beautiful. yeah so this, but in our it, days yeah sorry? if i may this is also something that uh for people in men, men uh, perimenopause or menopause if they're having trouble sleeping you can use that uh, technique as well Yeah. Of course, it won't <laughs> always help because it's a it's a process it's a process of huge change. But mm -hmm. that can also be helpful for those mm -hmm. who are having yeah. sleep difficulties. Yeah, yeah just yeah. wanted to add that in. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you so much for that. Um. So today we are not in a perfect world anymore, and we have so many. I don't think we ever were actually. To be honest, well, maybe before <laughs> before capitalism, maybe. Well, I don't know. Well, then there was something it. else, right? Then there I were guess, tribes warring yeah. amongst each other. I don't know. I guess so. so yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But I get well, it. We have I a lot of perfect. issues these days. Yeah. 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 Our yeah. nutrition was better because yeah. there was no not so much For nasty sure. in them and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So then I don't think that to tell someone that has like 25 day cycle mm. that she's not in her ideal because that might be her and her cycles might be perfect and great. And somebody else in a 28 day cycle, she might not ovulate in those in this cycle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can't really say like be you have to the goal is 28 yeah the goal is to have to be somewhere between 23 to 35 days and to have a healthy length of a luteal phase a healthy phase of your fertile phase a good nice um a menstruation mm -hmm. and that would be my like my goal for your menstrual cycle yeah. not the 28 days mm -hmm. because yeah True. Yeah, I have some uh, women coming to me as well, and they ask, "Oh, is this is this um, a right time?" Um, and then my first question is, "Do you feel good in your body? Do you feel good?" And I think that's the the most important question to ask. It's not so much of like, "Okay, yeah, I could give you this study and that study and all that," but studies are are just also done in that way as well. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm holding my my hands. Yeah, right yeah, I can <laughs> see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but those who are listening, um, but they're done in like a, a a way where they look at, and it's always a little bit 
yeah to the point but not like the full spectrum and so there's like that intelligence of your body is so much more important so like you say if you have a 23 day cycle but you feel really good and your body is going through all the beautiful flows and the color of your blood is really beautiful you don't experience much cramps and that's perfect don't right. don't think that you're not good because that's also yeah. then brings in that shame again and we don't need that <laughs> yeah for sure we have too much of that so we don't need to add uh, i don't need to add to anyone more guilt or shame exactly. or anything like yeah that. yeah for sure. we're doing enough in that perspective <laughs> yeah it's about peeling back those layers and allowing mm. that natural to come out again yeah i was um gonna ask you um what would you suggest to somebody who's listening right now and who's like, mm, I want to connect in more with my cycle. I want to connect in more with that cyclical living, whether or not they're still menstruating or already in the menopause or anything on the whole spectrum. What would you suggest to them or any men who are listening who want to support their partners and sisters and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Great, great question. So I would start with wake up in the morning and try to tune in with how you are feeling today. And just see if you're, you woke up in the morning, how you're feeling. You can put, if you have a uterus, you can put your hands on your womb. Um, I can show where the womb is if anyone wants to know. Um, and just Check in, like even with your womb, speak to your womb, ask her how she's feeling today. And during the day, check in with your energy levels and try to feel what you feel like eating. Mm. Um, Do you feel more like eating fresh vegetables and light or maybe more heavy? Do you feel like more stews or more soups? Um, check out, check in with your habits today. Like, what are you feeling like going out and be with friends and be more talkative? Or whether you feel like being in, at home, reading a book, watching something that, like, whatever you're doing, maybe journal, be or creative with yourself, or um, take everything from your wardrobe and rearrange your <laughs> cupboard or whatever. But those kind of things and start looking at and take like if you can do like a a round shape of something and every day write it down for yourself and do the same after the next cycle after in the next cycle and start to see if you see any correlation any Mm. patterns Mm -hmm. that would be the beginning of your cyclic cyclic living because this is where you start to look at your patterns of how you feel in your body, what you prefer to do. If you want to go out and jog, or maybe you just want to be at home and do some yoga and stretches, maybe you don't feel like doing anything, and that's fine. But once you identify the, the patterns, it's not doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing, like, yeah. you know, but the patterns. Here I feel like was more out and about. Here I felt like I want to be more in tune with myself. Here I really wanted heavy stews, and here I just wanted a fresh salad. Those kind of things will just help you in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, yeah. Also, one more thing. And if you feel like one of the things that I've witnessed in my own relationship, by the way, was that it was very funny. Every time I, like, I had lots of fights with my husband. And then eventually I looked at my, in my app, and I saw that it always have been on the eighth day after I had a temperature shift on the day. <laughs> and I, I came to him, I'm like, that's unbelievable, but that's the same day every cycle. Mm. So I said to him, listen, on that day, I'll tell you, this is the day you can either just kiss me and say, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That would be option one, which I prefer. The second, say, okay, and ignore me. That would be sec- option two, but I less prefer that. <laughs> Since then, <laughs> yeah. all good. No more fights. 
amazing. But other sites, well, yeah, but not so big. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And I think this is so helpful for men as well. Yeah. Because then well, it gives them something solid and they know, okay, retreat, <laughs> don't engage. Instructions, like yes. manual instruction. What's better than that? They always exactly. say that we are unpredictable. So here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, I, I said that to my partner who's really, um, he's not very into all that stuff. But he once made like a joke, I, I don't understand women, you're so weird. And I said, well, you know, if you want to know more about women, listen to me talking about the menstrual cycle and you will understand everything. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, um, another great tip I have for women is once you start to identify your follicular phase, which is the first, first phase of your cycle when we have estrogen and we're more out and about, all the things, like there might be lots of things that will come for us, but we'll say, nah, I don't care about that. And in the luteal phase, after ovulation, the second part of our cycle, all the things that bugged us before and we just put them aside will rise again mm -hmm. because we can't really postpone things. Yeah. What, what bugs us will come back. Mm. This is not the time to have difficult co communication and conversations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the time for you to journal things, to understand yourself where those things coming from. Yeah. Once you are in your follicular phase, in your ovulatory phase, this is the time to have the conversation. Mm. That's a big tip I have for you because mm. this is the time when your social um, part in your brain is the is the most open, most active, under the influence of estrogen. Yes. If anyone wants the the um, the reason for that, and then our communication and our verbal abilities are the highest. If you want to ask for a raise or you have very difficult com uh, conversations, this is the time when you are ovulating. Mm -hmm. Not when you're in your luteal phase. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the other hand, when you're in your luteal phase, I feel that is very powerful time to do any release, um, emotional release, yeah. or rituals or whatever. I now am working a lot with sound, drumming, mm -hmm. chanting, using the voice, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And it's really beautiful to do it at that time or any um, sort of things that just, you like to let let it go take hot baths and uh, go on a walk in nature and really let the the wind go through your hair and all that it's really beautiful time to do that yeah as well yeah um, great yeah 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 um, and that's light a candle and just send it to the light or to the fire yeah, yeah. you know things like that things like that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and i, I love it how you can go so naturally a lot deeper um, so I feel like that at the luteal phase and especially the bleeding phase, we have so we can go so easily to the deaths. And so it's very beautiful to do that in a way there as well. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It can be yeah. very, and, and I think in that way we can then come back out of that and bring in some more new love and light or whatever mm. it is that you want to bring yeah. in. Out. and yeah. this is why why if we are very good like not very good but if we're listening and we are in tune with ourselves although it's a cycle but it's an open cycle it's a yes. spiral because we are developing we are opening mm -hmm. cycle is very closed it's yeah. a very closed form it doesn't mm -hmm. allow changes but it's like we're developing and that's yes. Better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I actually um, start most of my courses with the cycle of uh, the spiral. I named the podcast The Cocoa Living because spiraling living, it's, it doesn't have that yeah. ring to it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but we I, always I talk about the cycle. Yeah, yeah, but I completely agree with that it's a spiral and it's a beautiful spiral. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask the last question, which I love to ask is, how would you envision the world or how would it look like if everybody would uh, live in that cyclical spiraling uh. motion? That would be, okay, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I think for me, okay, uh, I think that the main issue for us, and when I say us, for people who are menstruating, is that 
the world is so into doing doing and doesn't take under consideration our needs mm. our changing needs so in my perfect world our needs and our cyclic or spiral living would be taken under consideration Mm-hmm. And for example, if I'm going to, if I'm working in a co- co-op cooperative or like, you know, in a, a big organization um, and I'd come and say to my boss, um, today I'm working for ho- from home, yeah. that would be gr- good or yeah. acceptable. Or I'm saying I take two days for myself, that would be acceptable because they know that once I'm back into my power, I'll be so much more productive and creative yes. and efficient then if I take two days now that's fine because I'll bring it back then mm-hmm. that would be for me the best yeah. the best way then because I do understand that for other people for men for example that rhythm is is good is great is working for them yeah But for us, it doesn't. And no wonder that there are so many women sick and so many women having imbalances and so many women putting them, themselves on the pill. And when we are on the pill, we are kind of in the same rhythm mm-hmm. as men and we are fitting in. Yeah. So in my world, in my perfect world, in my cyclic living world, I don't need to fit in. Mm-hmm. I'm who I am and it's fine and the world can handle me yeah. the way I am and with my own needs. And if somebody wants to do it differently and be differently, that's okay. As long as I'm not like a product or end result, I mm-hmm. am somebody yeah. that I do my things my own way, <laughs> my own time. And it's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. And um, we're closer to that than we may think because in Holland now, they I don't know if it's already passed or if they're just in the, mm-hmm. in the passing of a new law where they will give women a couple of days off during menstruation. Right. So that's happening in, in the Netherlands. And then there was another country that's already doing it. I want to say Scandinavia, but I'm not sure. Somewhere in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I don't think yeah. it's there. I don't remember. Should look that up. Yeah, I know (laughs) that there is one place. And I also know that there were so many talks about that, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Lots of feminist organizations said it's a bad thing. Bad? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that could be a whole other podcast to speak how like the feminist movement of go to work and be like the man is not very exactly because they want okay here goes the uh, equality between men but that's not about it's this is not what equal we are we are we're not the same exactly we're not we we are but we are equal and those things like And it's a very, very subtle uh, definition Mm -hmm. because I can't do everything my husband does, but he can do everything I can do. So, and I need his energy and my energy. And, you know, it's, it's, we are fitting. We are not fighting. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that's... That beautifully brings to how a part of why I what I envision if like the beautiful cyclical world is that we really bring back that sacred union of the masculine and the energy and the mm. feminine energies and that's why I love so much to work with the feminine energies because they have been um, a little bit uh, dormant and suppressed and it's not about take down the men but it's really about uplift the feminine but in her uniqueness. Mm, in her yeah. cyclical motions yeah. with her knees like you say let's let's be like the full version of you and let all of that be welcome and then you will see it in the results Definitely. That, yeah mm, beautiful amazing mm. all right so thank you so much if people would like to contact you work with you where can they find you So they can find me on Instagram. It's rona.fertilityaware. And they can find me on my website, which is fertilityaware.co.za. 
Um, yeah, Lois, and uh, my email, nurturing at today. Okay, those will all be linked in Thank the you. show notes, including the book that was mentioned. Uh, I also always link the books. Um, mm, you taking the charge of your fertility. Yeah. 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 If I can mention one more book. Of course. I Uh, love reading, so you can mention them. I don't know if you've read it's about the pill, by the way. It's This is Your Brain on Birth Control by Sarah Hill. Yeah. So Uh, it's Yes. So it's really eye opener. Yeah, yeah. And then if I can I'm I'm looking at my books now, but if I can say there is one, um the period repair manual yes lara bryden yes i will link that one and she has very good for people who are on birth control right now Mm -hmm. and want to get off there it's like a full manual with all of it what you need Mm -hmm. yeah really good one as well she has another one by the way okay for women or for people after 40 yeah. So I, I can't remember. I have it on my Kindle, so I, can't, I don't have it here. I will link just, it. I will find it. And I will link it. Wonderful. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you yeah. for having me, and I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mm, much love. Hi, my dear. This concludes the end of this episode. How was it for you? I hope it has brought you inspiration and activation for your body and soul. And if you feel this episode is something a friend or a loved one should hear, do pass it along. This is deeply loved and felt by me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, baby. (laughs) If you feel the pull to work deeper with me, Come and say hi through Instagram, where you can find me at Dusera. That is D O U S dot S A R A H. Or check out my offers on my website, dusbardus.com. That is D O U S P A R D O U S dot com. And for now, I wish you so, so much. The Cocoa Blitz. Deep love, Sarah.